Here's Shake to Learn Things That You Need to Know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations episode, podcast number 46 with Kanan from my life. <laughs> You're from my life. You're uh, the warehouse manager of DFTBA Records, which is Don't Forget to Be Awesome. It's a distributing shipment center for all of the merch related to really amazing YouTubers, mm-hmm. among other things, right? Because you, oh, YouTubers, and when we had Vine, there were Vine. Yeah, Viners. so it's basically like online media. Yeah, personalities. Yeah. And you're also a friend of mine. I am. For a helped your mother in law move the other day. You did. We had Thank some you. pizza together. Thank you. Thank I you so much. Briefly held your baby. <laughs> baby was like, no, not this lady. Yeah. He's he's a little finicky sometimes, but he's great. Yeah. He's cute. Yeah. Yeah. You I, and your partner I made got, a cute kid. I got a lucky. Got a lucky. Good job. <laughs> So I was thinking that it would be awesome for you to be on the podcast. When this is this is my thought. Mm-hmm. What episode would be fit for Canaan? And then I saw that Penis Museum was coming up. I was like, oh, this is so perfect <laughs> because I suspect that Canaan has a penis and the warehouse is kind of like a museum. And so he, <laughs> he'll have some insight on organizing a lot of stuff. And dealing with a lot of personalities and kind of showcasing things, you know, oh, and, and penises. Yes, you're, you're correct. I do have a penis. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, museums, I guess, could be quite like warehouses. And that's what I do. I'm good at organizing stuff and displaying stuff. Great. So. All right. Well, I'm I'm maybe stretching <laughs> the match, but I was so pleased with myself when I thought of it. I was like, this is going to be so great because we can talk about anything. It's just loosely based on the episode we did four years ago and giving ourselves a chance to kind of reflect on maybe what happened then or what changed since then. But broadly talking about whatever we want to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. First, I want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters, Donna Flint and Joanna, because they are pledged at the boss level. And so that means they get a special shout out in their honor. They're bosses. They're the bosses. Yeah. And I have a question for you. Dr. Doe is holding testes. She's holding testes. It's multiple choice. Are you ready? I am ready. This is based on... Information about the Icelandic Phallological Museum in Reykjavik, Iceland, that I toured and did an episode of Sexplanations YouTube about. At what age are you allowed to go into the museum? So here are your options. A, zero, B, four, C, 16, D, 18. I'm going to guess that it's C, 16. It's zero. Oh, it's zero. Yeah. They don't. They don't make anybody wait. No, they're Iceland. They, they are Iceland. <laughs> they're very progressive. They are. And if you are under thirteen in the um, company of an adult, you're you have free admission. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I love museums like that. Me like, too. I don't care what the museum is about. Like children should get to see it. Aw, that's nice. It's education. Would you take your kiddo to the Icelandic Phallological Museum before age 16? Uh, Absolutely. I don't have any qualms with that. Awesome. I hope you do. It's right across from the bus station, by the way. (laughs) So (laughs) 
I well, got to Iceland and I knew that this was my objective. I was very concerned about whether or not I was going to find it because when I went to a sex museum in China, it took some work to get there. Yeah. But um, I started using the bus system to get around and realized, oh my gosh, it's right across from the bus station. As in, I will see this museum <laughs> multiple times a day, every day of my trip. Yeah. It was so great. Well, what was your your favorite part of the museum? Oh, I definitely liked the elf penis. It was so clever. <laughs> had an elf penis? What was yes. it originally? What was it? Yeah. No, it's a jar uh, with, uh, I'm guessing, formalin in it, the combination of yeah. water and formaldehyde. And that's all you can see. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you have to use your imagination on that one. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. What was your favorite penis? Because you you watched the um, video. I watched the video. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I didn't know until a week a week and a half ago that mm-hmm. the penis museum even existed. Uh, but well, went back and watched your video. You. I don't I don't know if I had a favorite piece. I know I had. I was surprised by part of the video when you asked the curator what his favorite penis was, mm-hmm. and he didn't respond with his own. Like, cause that's that, true. that would, I mean, that's my favorite penis, my own penis. <laughs> um, so that surprised me. So if you had gone to the penis museum with me and I said to you, which one was your favorite penis? Which your favorite penis? You would say at that present moment, because you were in the museum. My own. Yeah. It's always my favorite. Um, that's a good thing. The, the elephant penis was impressive. <laughs> For an elephant uh, or just for a penis? For a penis. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen that many penises, but I definitely haven't seen a penis that large. That was, it's impressive. How have you seen penises? Uh, I've seen penises, probably my first, like, exposure would be, in, like, like after basketball practice in high school, when everybody's forced to shower in the same shower and everybody's nervous and you get in and shower that was your you first time seeing another penis? High school? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I grew up in small town Montana. There's yeah. not that many penises around. That's not true. Other than my own. I mean, there's a penis for almost half of the people there. Well, true, but... Not a lot of access. Not a lot of the access, yeah. No small town Montana. We're bored out of our minds. Let's play doctor or I'll show you mine. You show me yours. No. No. High school. High school. So the first penises you saw were pretty developed. Yeah. And it's as awkward as you make it then. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't too uncomfortable with it. You just get in, you shower, and get dressed. But <laughs> it's definitely, it was, it was an odd experience. Okay. And then after that? I don't know. I guess most of the, the penises I see would be in, like, pornography. Yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot of... Uh, you know, face-to-face time with penises in my life. <laughs> Though in the last two months, uh, there's been a lot with my baby boy. Oh, there's yes. a lot of of baby penis. Have you gotten urinated upon? Uh, a couple times. Uh, I, my wife, uh, a few more times than me. I'm a little quicker at getting the change down so I don't get mm. peed on. Uh, we were both surprised in like the second week of his life uh, that I had no idea that a two-week-old baby can get an erection. Yeah. And so the first time you see that is kind of like, huh, huh. 
That's that's the tiniest little boner I've ever seen. And then trying to <laughs> smash it down into a diaper. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so that he doesn't pee all over everything. When I was in, I must have been the end of middle school. My mom had a had my half brother, and I definitely got soaked right before school one day when I was changing him, and I can remember the same thing with the baby boners and. Not wanting to hurt it, but also like you need yeah. to put a diaper on. <laughs> exactly. In. Go in. Uh, for the most part, it's it's all right. Yeah. It's not Madeline, my wife, mm-hmm. uh, tends to be a little more uh gentle with everything. She doesn't want to hurt him. And, you know, just cleaning him up and it's like, you you don't have to be gentle. It's not gonna fall off. Like <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but that's like her worst fear is that she damages him. Oh, well, that's nice that she cares. Yeah. Good. Good for her. Um, what is current protocol on urinals and seeing penises? Uh, you, you don't look. You just. It's eyes forward. You go to the urinal. You look at your own if you, if you want to. But <laughs> typically you don't, you don't turn your head to the side. It's just common protocol. Like there, there's a whole. Like you can go on on the internet and find like protocols on urinals that if there's more than two urinals mm-hmm. uh, and one's being used, you always make sure that you keep a ur- an empty urinal between the two. Yeah, I don't know exactly why. We tend to it's do more, that. It's more toilet. of just like you know, it's not not necessarily like straight up like a homophobic thing, but more of kind of a personal space. It's like. You know, it's like if you're using a, a public bathroom and you're on in a stall and somebody comes and uses the stall right next to you, all of a sudden it's just like, whoa, even that kind of feels like within your personal space during this very intimate moment that you're defecating. Mm-hmm. So I kind of get it. But, you know, at like going to like the football stadium uh, during a game and it's just crowded. Like I, I can pee anywhere. I can poop anywhere. I'm not weird like that. Can you share a urinal with another person? Like going in yeah, diagonally? If need be. I never I've never needed to. You've never wanted to? Have you ever peed with someone else at the same time? Do you have siblings? Um what do you mean peed with someone else at the same time? So I Like am into the, the same vessel? Yes. No. Ah. Fun times. I used to really? sit on the toilet and then then my little brother would pee. This is a different little brother. We were closer in age. And he would pee into the toilet and I would pee into the toilet at the same time. We thought this was so fun and hilarious. Huh. I've never had to do that. <laughs> never had to. You never got to. I mean, I've, I've peed while other people are peeing. Yeah. But usually it's like outside and it's in the same vicinity. But Maybe you and Madeline can have an adventure. Yes, I've, I've peed on, on a fire. Well, other guys were peeing on a fire. Oh, okay. I've done that before. That's interesting. That's yeah. penis. Yeah, but it's dark. As soon as the fire oh. goes out, you can't see anything. Oh, okay. This has become the urination. Where have I seen dick? Um, yeah, I haven't had that many that many encounters. Well, I think the reason why I ask is because you say with so much confidence that you like your own penis the most. And I wonder if that's common for people to like their own genitals the most. That's a good question. I don't know. I know I like mine. (laughs) (laughs) And like, again, I I can only compare to, uh, to others that I've seen and 
either either on TV or on the internet or in person. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, in, in mine, I would say that I have a, a pretty basic, and I hate hate using the word normal, but like your standard, standard. penis. Okay. Um, it it doesn't have any weird bend or hook. Again, I use the word weird, but it's it's not weird. It's everybody has their own. They yeah. all work. Yeah. But I've never been embarrassed. That's so. great. So for you, it's about appearance, not about pleasure, or both. Uh, both. It's uh, it's it's always worked. It feels good. Yeah. Um, there's only been oh, kind of one time I was on a an antidepressant once that made it just not work. Mm-hmm. Right. It. You know, if if you put sex on a graph, I could get up to like eighty percent, and then it just yeah. For erection or for arousal? Uh, for climax. Yeah. And yeah, that that kind of sucked and switched up some meds pretty quick because sex is fun and it should be fun. <laughs> and it's one of the best things in life. And when you can't do it, it's like, <laughs> you know, it would yeah. be horrible. I can't imagine life without sex or a penis. Interesting. I love how you prioritize it. I am the same way. When people tell me that their meds are interrupting their sex lives, I'm like, yeah. Talk to your doctor immediately. Yeah. I mean, it fixed one problem, but created a huge other problem. Yeah. But not everyone is as into it. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. Exactly. Well, yeah. good for you for taking care of yourself and liking yourself. That's awesome. I do like myself. I hope people get that message that it's okay to like their own bodies. Yeah. Everybody should like their own body. You got to be okay with yourself. Yeah. It's yours. I I think it's a great message. I just think that we're given other messages. Like, oh, "Oh, here's this porn. This is how your dick should look. Or this is how your labia should look. And these are the surgeries to make it look that way. And it's important for you to invest in that and remove the hair and cut it off and do this. And yeah. Yeah. Not everybody's into that. Like, you know, the of what the standard should be. You know, the skinny and big boobs and hairless. Not everybody's into that. True. You know, that some people like it natural. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. Same with penises. You know, gotta gotta have the biggest one. So the penis museum, though, do you think that if you're archiving specimens, it needs to be a certain representation or anybody could submit their penis? I would say anybody yeah. Like you get, get a variety. It's not just like prime specimen. Get an actual representation. Would you ever donate your penis to the Phallological Museum? <laughs> what a big sigh. You're leaning back. I, I, I don't know. I've never never thought of that or like donating things to to science in a way. Like I'm I'm an organ donor, so like if I died and somebody could use my my parts, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I'm not I'm not one like I don't want to be embalmed and put in the ground and like I got to keep all my mm, stuff for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I would I would make that decision with. Uh, I guess with my closest family, with my wife, as long as she was all right with it, you know, <laughs> it, I wouldn't want to just burden her with that. If she was like, oh my God, I don't want other people looking at my husband's penis. Like, mm. So that's, that's a strong maybe. Cause I think the penis that they have, the human specimen they have now mm-hmm. is of a 95 year old man. And the person is from Iceland. 
So you have that um, northern cooler temperatures, mm-hmm. and in that region of the world, penises tend to be more growing than showing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it would be great to have a range of ages and racialized groups, shapes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some already human specimens in there. So you got like just to, to show what, what there is. Yeah. That there is no, you know, quote unquote normal, that it's, they all look different. They did get, I think it's their ice hockey team. They all um, allowed an artist to take molds of their penises, but hmm. I don't know if they're, it's their penises or the molding process, but they do not look very realistic. <laughs> like, oh, we need to redo this with modern sculpting materials, please. Yeah, that would be that would be hard to get like a mold of someone's penis without like a flaccid penis without arousing them somehow. You know, oh, to get so that true. Into, like, so it wouldn't necessarily be an accurate representation because kind of what you said earlier, there's definitely growers versus showers. You know, though, that stuff that they use at the dentist's office to take molds of your teeth, the pink goo mm-hmm. that sets so quickly, that would work. It's but cold. It would keep it flaccid. Some people like cold. Oh, okay. Thank you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So I, true. You know, I, I think it would depend on on the individual that you know sometimes it's just any sort of touch or motion. Hmm. I don't know. I also think that when people have their penises casted, they like having them hard. The same way that when people draw them on oh. faces or walls or uh, car dust, yeah. they always draw them as erect rather than flaccid. Even well, though they look much more proud when they're erect than, <laughs> than when they're flaccid. Like that's that's how I would assume that's how every every guy, everyone with a penis, like pictures their penis. It's kind of an afterthought when when you're not using it, when it's just there or you're just using it for urination. That your yeah. penis is something used for sex and it looks a certain way when you use it for sex. And that's so that's what it is. That's how you picture it. Yeah. We do the same thing with peacocks. We draw them with all yeah. of their feathers up exactly. and out, even or, though or, most often their feathers are down and dragging on the ground. Exactly. Silly. We're silly. It is silly. Yeah. But that's... Awesome. We've got it. <laughs> and we still don't know whether or not you're going to donate yours. You do have to tell people, though. Do you know that? That you want to donate it? Yeah. I would imagine. Well, I did. So I'm doing research because I really want to have an episode of Sexplanation's YouTube show about the top 10 boner donors. And in that, I have found so far that you have to explicitly say in writing that you want your penis donated. Because otherwise, if you're an organ donor, Mm -hmm. it doesn't include your penis. Does that seem strange to you? That does seem strange. You know, I just saw, oh man, I'm going to quote something that I briefly read, but I did see this, that like the first full like penis and uh, testicle transplant successful Mm -hmm. happened here just not, not too long ago. Ooh, I'll add it. Yeah. Um, Within the last year? Yeah. Which is amazing because I can't imagine what would lead to, to losing that. But war. that's that's a huge you know war or mm-hmm. fire or accident anything, like but that kind of what we touched on earlier that's a huge part of your life to lose, like <laughs> it is like to not be able to enjoy sex 
It would be a horrible, horrible thing. It would be like losing your taste, you know, like just never being able to enjoy food again. It's just, uh, it would be horrible. So to be able to regain that is amazing. Yeah. I'm curious if this is, there is a, oh, I think it was a case of two different racialized groups. So the penis was not the same color as the person's skin in a, in a more dramatic way and like not just a shade difference. But I wonder if that's the, the same penis transplant story. I don't know. I should look it back up and do a okay. little more reading on it. Yeah, and send it to me. And then I'll yeah. include it in the episode because so far I have some fascinating things. Like with the Phallological Museum, there were two men who were competing to be the first member donor. Mm-hmm. And there was one who was from the United States that really gives an odd name to Americans where he was like going <laughs> to tattoo his penis. And I think oh, he had geez. named his penis Kermit or something like that. And he was really working on it, like maybe even being willing to have it removed while he was alive so that he could donate it. Oh, man. And th- so there was just this race between these two men. To see who could donate it first. Yeah. Or to see who would be the donor. And then I think the man from Iceland who ended up donating has a really lovely story where his relatives put his penis in this gift-wrapped box and brought it to the curator of the museum with a poem. One of them had written a poem about (laughs) how their, I think their grandfather or uncle or someone was going to be remembered by having their dick in a box. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. I think it's a uh, cylinder, though, not a box. But yes. So there you go. You could be remembered forever and have someone write a poem about your dick. And uh, you just have to put it in writing. You just have to put it in writing. I'm I'm slightly surprised they're not just flooded with, (laughs) you know, there's people showing up like, here, found another one, you know. (laughs) Well, you're not, not committed to it, even though you're an organ donor. You're right. I've never been there, though. To the museum? To the museum. Oh, I've never the been museum to is excellent. Iceland is excellent. Why don't you start one here? Okay. You don't want people sending you dicks in boxes? Um, yeah. That could get weird. I don't like formaldehyde, but if I didn't have to deal with that process of it, if I could hire someone to put them all in the, the containers, and then I would build shelves and rent space, that would be lovely. I would be happy to have the sibling museum to the Icelandic Philological Museum. Would you do that here in Missoula? Sure. Do you think people would travel to Missoula just to see the penis museum? I mean, I've really wanted to open a sex museum in general because I have so much stuff. My garage is full of sex artifacts. Don't rob me. <laughs> or do rob me, and then I'll have space in my garage. <laughs> well, let's do it. Yeah? Yeah. Let's find the space. We'll just move all of the shirts and things out of the warehouse. <laughs> I could set you up in a corner. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, no, I'd you have, could not. I'll have to talk with Dave about that. <laughs> but it wouldn't take that much space. I just think it's important because I have sex manuals from the 1920s. Wow. And I have sculptures and art and films. I think it would do well here. It's an artsy town. But don't you think once you've seen it, you've seen it? Or we'd have to rotate? Uh, I think if you rotated items, you get repeat customers. Yeah. Because 
Yeah, that could be kind of a once you've seen it, you've seen it and no repeat customers. Well, my thinking is that so my old office was in the Pennies building mm-hmm. off of Higgins and I just had one room in this whole huge building. But I would fantasize about buying the building, mm-hmm. renting the building. When you go in on the first floor, there would be a gift shop and a classroom and a coffee <laughs> bar and the little bakery where everything is phallic and conic and just sexual in some mm-hmm. form. And then on the second floor, you would have the museum that would have all these artifacts the, the sex museum in New York is incredibly impressive, and so I would model it after that. And then on the third floor, you would have, well, no, they have a downstairs. So the third floor could also be part of the museum or conference space for people mm-hmm. who want to have sex parties. And then in the downstairs, it could either be a dungeon or it could be classroom spaces where we could have a sex school. Well, that would be sweet. Mm-hmm. Why not do that? <laughs> money, uh, because money that's time. a lot of money. Yeah. And I don't mind the time so much as the coordination of it. I yeah. am a starter, not a finisher. Yeah. And as a starter, I think that finishers have a hard time where they're like, oh, my gosh, you have all these ideas that are open and no one has finished them. I'm not coming into this mess. Yeah. You just got to find the right finisher, though. Yeah. Because I, I would describe myself as the opposite. I'm not so much a starter, but like... I hear a good idea and I can jump on that and like clean it up and make it work. Pack it together. Exactly. That's great. It's part of my warehousing thing. Well, then I'll just take you from the warehouse and say, look, company, he is no longer don't forget to be awesome. <laughs> he is now stay curious, <laughs> sex museum curator. I could do both. Oh, okay. Why Perfect. Not? And and the kid and the wife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Busy man, no sleep. <laughs> I don't get sleep right now anyway, so. So tell me about the warehouse. Does it have anything to do with sex? Uh, Only what you bring into it. (laughs) It's, yeah, there's not very many. Stevie has stuff there. Sex items. Yeah, but. The beavers. The beavers. Mm -hmm. Beavers hats, beavers mugs. Mm -hmm. Then there's Stay Curious Mm t-shirts. And there were little um, handmade clit heads. Yeah. That glowed in the dark. Yeah. But we're sold out of those right now. Yeah. Maybe I'll make more. I have gardening hands right now that are so sore. <laughs> the idea of messing with clay is just, no. No, Kanan. No. I'm not bringing you any more clits. Well, maybe maybe we could come up with something else. Yeah. Maybe you could have little little clay penises. Yeah, but then someone else has to make them. Because it's the the smashing of the clay. Maybe this is why there were only two let's, original humans. Let's have a, a, a clit and penis making party. And we'll Ooh. do it like on a Saturday. And we'll just make them all up and then be able to sell them on DFTB. Okay. I want to make full models though because you know that the clit I have been making this whole time is just the head, the shaft, and the hood. Yeah. And there's so much more to it. There definitely is. Can't we get people to make them? Like how Hannah Hart had her carrot onesies made or people have their mugs made. Can't we have someone else make uh, full clitoris dia- – they're not called dioramas. What are they called? Models. Models, yeah. Um, I'm sure. That's not my department. I, <laughs> I don't get stuff made. I just warehouse it. Oh, okay. I keep it sorted and then make sure the people that order it get it. 
yeah, there's there's companies and people out there that'll make it for you. And you can have anything made. Ooh. Anything. We've actually thought about that. That, you know, not to talk shop too much, but like expanding what, what you offer. Because mm-hmm. people buy it and people spend money on it. The DFTBA dildo. We can do that. The DFTBA real doll. Do you know what real dolls are? I do know what real do- dolls are. I could ship it. You could? Yeah, I'd make it work. What would shipping cost on a, what are, they're probably heavier than an actual human being if the the skeleton, so to speak, is made out of uh, titanium? Yeah. Is titanium heavier than bone? Why don't I know these things? I don't think uh, so. You're upset that you don't know if titanium is heavier than bone? Yes, I am. That's that's very odd. I want to be smart in all the ways. <laughs> okay. Okay, so real doll. Real we doll. need to find out. I'm going to look it up. Shipping. Whether or not they're heavier than an actual human being. But then the flesh part is made out of silicone. Yeah. And then you have a box that's the size of a coffin. Yeah. Just ship it through UPS or FedEx. <laughs> They'll ship anything. How heavy is a real doll? Oh, how to choose the height and weight of a real doll. Oh, you have options. Yeah. Man, the guys I've talked to about these, I haven't talked to any women about the female dolls, but they're all very off put by them. And I just think they're so cute. But when I look at the male real dolls, I get a sense of what it might feel like to look at a female real doll as somebody who's attracted to women. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I can't say that they do it for me, um, <laughs> but that, you know, it's, it's to each their own, you know, but they are, they are incredibly lifelike now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of crazy. Do you think that it is more of a turn on or less of a turn on if you get to pick the doll's nail color and eye color and hair length? Um, well, in a sense, you could basically like real science it and make what you would see as like the perfect form. I know. But then is that attractive or is part of attraction the fact that you can't idealize it? You're you're good at these questions, you. Um, I suppose that's part of it because, again, it's all about what you find attractive. If if that's what you like, that's what you like. But some people like just real and imperfections. That's what makes it perfect. I think we can actually do this research. If we take a group of people and we interview them about their most desirable traits and then we take in a, a person that they may or may not be attracted to outside of that mm-hmm. and then we switch with Photoshop all of their traits to be the things what, of the first yeah, list. What they say. Yeah. And then we show them both pictures and see which ones they would actually choose. I want to I want to see that. Okay. I want to see the the research. We'll do the research. That'd be awesome. From the sex museum research lab. Yeah. I I say this the because in my head I'm really attracted to brown eyes, but I haven't had a partner with brown eyes in so long. <laughs> my gosh. Well, you know, it's not the only thing. Uh, right. Know. Exactly. I would say I've I've discovered something here in the last you know year and a half two years okay um that going back and looking at my my history of of partners and girlfriends i was very much what you used to call a boob man like boob man boob man like <laughs> all all but one uh had had large large breasts 
And I, I, I didn't really realize it wasn't some, something that I was intentionally looking for. Mm-hmm. But I guess I realized that, that is kind of brown hair and big boobs. Uh, <laughs> but I, I met my wife, my, my now wife. I met my wife a little over a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. And she doesn't have big boobs. She has a big butt. <laughs> and it's awesome. And like I, I didn't realize that that was something that I, I liked. You know, I'm and I've I've changed. I would describe myself as a butt man now. Like so it's it's you might think that you like that and only like that, but until you, you try or discover something else, you just never know. Okay, so here the question gets deeper because were you attracted to her butt or were you attracted to her and then her butt is attractive to you? I would say the second one, that it is I wasn't initially attracted. Like when I when I saw her figure the first time, I wasn't just like, "Oh yeah," you know. But now I am. Like absolutely. That's so nice. I hope she's listening. Oh, I'm sure she'll listen to this podcast and then hit me for for oversharing. (laughs) But um, you know, it's it's what we've talked about that like we're both uh, comfortable and confident in our bodies, and we know that we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, the perfect form. We each could stand to lose a little weight, but we're confident in, in how we look and how we use it and know that the other one finds finds you sexy and enjoys what, what you have. And that's that's part of what makes us, you know, each other confident, mm. um, which is nice. Yeah. Like we, we just kind of, we click. That's the first time I've, I've really had that in my life, that just to be able to click. Ooh. Special, fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. Like, it's kind of one of those things that you don't realize that you're having bad sex until you have good sex. And then you're like, <laughs> wow. This, this, oh, no. Because, you know, even when you're having bad sex, like, sex is still good, you know. Yeah, they but say that about. Compared to good people. sex, all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is what it can be, you know. It's, and so you're having that now. Oh, you're yes. having good sex. Uh, yes. You're working it's, toward it. We're, we're having good sex. It's been not as consistent the last few months oh. with, with baby being born, mm-hmm. but you know, that's something that will rebound. Ooh, I like that attitude about it. Absolutely. I mean, having, having a baby kind of wrecks your body. There's, it's so crazy how, how many changes and hormones and healing mm-hmm. has to happen. And so it's, you know, just you got to wait because sex has got to be good for both people. Damn it, Kanan. That's beautiful. (laughs) I love it. Thank you for being compassionate. Uh, It's it's just real. It's not good for both people. It's that it's not good sex. Yeah. In my opinion. Or all people for those of you who are having orgies. For everyone involved. Yes. So what constitutes bad sex? Versus good sex. Oh, man. I'm curious. Um, I think that that's a little hard to to define. But for a large part of my life, I was with a partner who didn't enjoy sex nearly as much as, as, as I did. And so it often felt like I was having sex with her, not we were having sex with each other. And that can get odd and weird feeling sometimes because it, it feels like you're using someone Rather than it feels nice to know that they want to make you feel that way. Yeah. And that they're enjoying it too. So I would say that that's that's kind of what constitutes good sex is that both people 
or all people are enjoying it to the, its fullest and getting what they want and need out of it for it to be good sex. I think you articulated that beautifully. That's such a nice distinction. Well, it took years and years and years to figure that out. <laughs> but it's not like you said, oh, it's good if this hardness or this moisture or this position or these moans, oh, no, et cetera. No, no, no. Like, it's about desirability. Absolutely. And sex is different each time. You know, sometimes you can go a, a long time and everything feels great. And it just is like a slow crescendo. And sometimes, you know, a quickie, just hot and heavy. And it's like, wow. So it's it's different, which is cool. That is cool. I'm glad that you're having good sex now. And I'm glad so, that you're not having bad sex. So am I. <laughs> you put in like, your time. I did put in my time. Now you deserve a party. <laughs> a party. Like with cake? I like cake. <laughs> No, not with oh. oh my goodness. So they're in um my doctoral program, there is a segment of the curriculum called the Fuckarama where you have to watch you get to watch all of these clips of porn being projected at the same time onto a wall. So it's like sixteen mm-hmm. different screens and they're all rotating images simultaneously. And one of them in this series is called Cake Orgy and it's of a bunch of people with cakes on the beach smearing cake all over each other and eating cake and it was really hard for me out of all the things that I watched because I kept thinking yeast infection (laughs) yeast infection sand Sand. (laughs) like that's uh, I've never had sex on the beach but I can only imagine that you get sand everywhere and that doesn't sound fun to me ah well Melanie and I talked about it in our podcast and she said just put down a towel which is valid oh yeah Okay, are you ready to do kegels? Main squeeze, squeeze it good. I am ready to do kegels. How do you want to do them? I would say the the usual way (laughs) while we're sitting here. I mean, I don't want to do a handstand. No? Not right now. Okay. Another day when we're out in a field, I'm going to say, hey, Kanan, let's do kegels. (laughs) Handstand. Um... Let's do it. Go to the moans, which I haven't done in a really long time on the podcast. All right. And for every moan, we'll do a clench and then a release. Okay? I'm game. Awesome. Uh, 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 oh. Uh, oh. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know how many that was. We did a great job. Do you feel stronger now? I do. (laughs) Instantly. It's amazing what working out does. (laughs) That's awesome. Any extra credit homework ideas you have for the audience? Now you can practice at home. Dr. Doe gives you extra credit. Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. I would recommend that people watch the video about the Philological Museum. Yes. And then write a letter that says that you do have my permission or you don't have my permission to donate my genital remains. Couldn't that just be worked into your will? Sure. Do you have a will? I don't. Me neither. Which feels weird. Sextra credit. (laughs) Get a will. Yeah. The the older you get, the more weird it becomes to not have a will. Well, and you have a kiddo now. I do have a kiddo now. We need to get on that. 
Sex or credit. Sexplanations yeah. podcast says get a will. Get Kanan. a will and and Lindsay and you know donate your junk. <laughs> people can utilize it. I'm serious. Yeah, people, people can learn. It's all for education. Yeah, you could have sex for a whole nother lifetime. Well, part of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. It was really fun having you. Thanks for having me. We've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Go team, go. <laughs> it's so fun. And thank you, Callie, from Cinema Studios yes, for all the you, sound Callie. engineering. And to Complexly for production and Count Boogie for the jingles. And Coram Parle, I'm still learning.